how do you navigate moving from being a pastor to now being a marketing person, doing photography and videography and building a brand new business? Well, today you're going to actually have a chance to be on the inside of a coaching session that I'm going to be doing with someone that I've worked with before who is growing their business. And you also get a chance to see what they're doing to market and to grow this awesome business. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. And did I have to, because tattoo that needs to it brings in itself and then open. I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want you to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hans. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. I'm super excited that you join us again today. Today's episode is a little bit different, but it's going to be as as all episodes, you're going to get a lot of value out of this episode. Now, before we move on, I need you to do a few things for me. If you have not already subscribed on YouTube, make sure you go to YouTube, type in Monetize Your Ministry Podcast, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. We want to make sure that every week when a new episode comes out, you get those new episodes, and then you also do this. You share those new episodes. All right, so for those who may not know, I'm a business coach. I help individuals and organizations to bring their ideas to life. And also, I pastored for 15 years. So as a part of my journey, I've also been helping people who have similar journeys to start and grow their businesses. And one of the people that I've helped to work with is our guest today. His name is Daniel Madden. And I want to bring him up now. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Oh, let me do this. I'd muted you. Let me do this then. Daniel. Oh, your mic isn't connected. It's telling me. It's telling me your mic is. Here we go. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Daniel, tell us where you are in the world and tell us just anything you want to about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I am in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, I've been here for the past five years. Um, uh, I am a basketball player, even though I kind of, you know, I've hung that up. My knees can't hang anymore. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I, I would say um, more of a fantasy basketball player. <laughs> um, I, know, I didn't know you were a hooper. Yeah, yeah, I, I played a little something. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, uh, I love my family dearly. I've been married for um, going on eight years um, together with my wife, Aisha, um, for um, 10 years. So we have a three-year-old, uh, uh, what my wife will call a three-nager because, man, the attitude is yeah. something else. They say twos is bad. No. Threes is worse. I'm convinced. <laughs> yep, that independence, man. Trying to figure yeah, out yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so definitely a family man. And uh, as of late, have uh, launched my own business called Optical Opium Productions, um, a marketing agency um, that um, specializes around the content creation piece, so videography and photography. Um, and um, we'll be talking about that in a second, I'm sure. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be a different kind of podcast because I'm going to be asking you some questions to start, but mostly you'll be uh, um, given the opportunity to ask questions. So, Daniel, sure. 
we talked about, I gave this a little bit, a little tease in the beginning, yeah. but marketing, you're doing marketing now and content mm -hmm. creation, mm -hmm. but that's, this is not, this, you've made a career switch. So tell I us have. a little bit about that career switch, which you did before, mm -hmm. and maybe even why you made the career switch, because yeah. people want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I started out as a pastor in 2016. Um, previously, before I started as a pastor, I went to Oakland University and Andrews um, to do my Masters of Divinity. And um, 2016 started wide-eyed, excited to take on the world, uh, youth and children's pastor, had all the energy in the world. Um, I remember uh, weekends where I would have the youth over, no, I would, I would have um, a youth group um, uh, uh, yeah, meeting on the Friday night. I'd get up that next morning, uh, having prepared a message for the people. Um, I'd have a game night that that uh, same uh, Saturday night. And then the next day, they'd be over my house hanging. Wow. 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 <laughs> and it went on like that for a little while, actually, um, to the point I had realized that uh, I was slowly burning myself out. And that was fairly on, early on in ministry because I was doing both youth and children's ministry. So when I wasn't preaching those Saturdays, I was actually in children's church leading out. Wow. So there really wasn't any breaks. Uh, so I got to a space where I was like, okay, this is a lot. Um, I like children. I just don't want to be a children's pastor. Yeah. Um, so I looked to um, figure out uh, how I can just be a youth pastor because that's where the passion was. That's where I felt like God was leading. And an opportunity opened up out here in Edmonton, um, Alberta. Um, church saw some things I was doing, heard about me, blah, blah, blah. And they said, we'd love for you to interview, uh, come out here, check us out, see what you think. Um, at that point, it was a match made in heaven. Um, it was really great. I had um, carte blanche to do anything I desired. And the church actually had the money to put it, put behind uh, the ministries I wanted to do. Um, right. So that was definitely a dream. And I did quite a bit, but it was probably around year four, year five in ministry. Um, I realized that I didn't want to be a lead pastor, um, like in no way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, within the Adventist church in particular, to not be a lead pastor is almost like not taking the promotion, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> right? Because youth pastors and associate pastors, unfortunately, even though they are a passage of ministry themselves, but they are seen as stepping stones to lead um, um, to being a lay pastor or a senior pastor rather than just a calling in in of itself. Um, so once I realized that, um, I was wondering how I was going to navigate this. But at the same time, I had this feeling that I was being restricted creatively as well um, by pastoral ministry. Because um, uh, unfortunately, the conference that I was previously um employed um employed um by they right. and just allow. for the context and for the context of some of our viewers so the way that the church structure that daniel was a part of they function where the church isn't just hiring you but it's an organization above Correct. called the conference it hires you and assigns you to a different 
um, place to pastor. Go ahead. Correct. Correct. Um, so the, the conference I was a part of, they didn't necessarily like what was uh, called moonlighting or having a side um, business or anything of that nature. They just wanted ministry to be the, the focus. Um, and I didn't personally like that. And I didn't necessarily want to move anywhere else either. Um, I do love Edmonton. I do love Alberta. I didn't want to go back to the States in particular. Um, I just wanted to grow where I was. And I kind of had to ask myself a hard question. What do you want um, out of life, period? Yeah. And that's when I started to look at some of my predecessors, those who are retiring and different things that nature and the life that they had, unfortunately, wasn't the life that I was wanting. Yeah. And um, that definitely was a par paradigm shift for me. Um, and I also noticed that pastoral ministry was just affecting my mental health. Mm -hmm. It was just a lot of putting out of fires. It was a lot of uh, um, sometimes dealing with people that are passionate about ministry uh, i'll say it that way <laughs> that can come off as um problematic at times mm. um and knowing that that was going to be a continual cycle um no matter where it went no matter what organization conference country it would always be like that I, it's not something that I wanted to subject myself to because, um, yeah, it just got to a really bad place where I just did not want to do anything. Very disconnected from my family, different things of that nature. It's only until I made up in my mind that I'm going to transition out, that I started to find myself again wow. because I wasn't, Daniel wasn't a pastor, that wasn't my identity. Yeah. Um, I I had a lot more going on than just being um, the person that people put on a pedestal. Yeah. And um, that was a healing journey in itself when I admitted to myself that pastoral ministry was killing me, was killing my family. And this is not something I want to continue to pursue. Yeah. Daniel, I want to just, um, first of all, just commend you. Because and, and Daniel Madden is our guest today on the podcast, the Monetizing Ministry podcast. He is the owner and operator of Optical Opium Productions. But Daniel, I want to just commend you on your courage. A lot of people have felt the way you you just vocalized and just shared so well. But for whatever reasons, they have stayed. They have allowed maybe fear or what other people would say about them or maybe just, you know, not wanting to be ostracized or whatever, right? Some of, some of, and I'm not putting a knock on anyone, but yeah. I just know this. More people have felt the way you felt than have admitted they felt that way. And that you, you named it and you also took action on it and you stepped out and you used gifts and abilities that were given to you by God. And, and I even want to ask you, like, why this area? of marketing and mm -hmm. content creation where did that even come from because you studied yeah. two degrees <laughs> in bible right like, yeah 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 you know the bible <laughs> yeah i was deep in that thing <laughs> yeah 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 so tell, why, why that and I, and then you could reflect on even what i just said so yeah for sure um 
you know, it was interesting. Um, so uh, I'll tell a quick story. My mom just sent a picture of this box that they're bringing up um, to us from um, from Las Vegas. They just recently moved from Las Vegas to Utah. So they've been packing up a whole bunch of stuff. And then they're going to be seeing us sometime um, at the end of um, August. So she packed this box and she took a picture. And in that box was another box that had my first camera in it. Um, it was um, a Canon power shot. And um, I saw the box and immediately messaged her back and said, mom, is that camera inside the box? Please tell me yes. She's like, it actually is. <laughs> and I was very excited wow. because they had bought me my first camera at six, 16 years old. And I wasn't really paying attention to some of these things because I would take pictures everywhere. There's pictures of me and my sister doing the craziest things. Um, and I enjoy capturing those moments. But from that point, 16 to when I was in Oakwood, I didn't really pick up the camera. I had brought the camera with me, but I didn't really use it. Um, but I became interested in photography again when one of my roommates, Michael James, um, he um, bought uh, his first DSLR camera. It was a professional camera and um, he allowed me to use it. And I remember taking the first few pictures. I was like, ooh, this is different. <laughs> like it unlocked something <laughs> inside of me. I was like, I, I really love that. Um, but it wasn't, once again, it's not, this wasn't my camera. I would just use it ever so often and um, didn't really touch a camera really until um, I started pastoring in 2016. Yes, I used to take pictures and different things like that with my phone. And I knew that I had a knack for it because yeah, sometimes, I yeah, I, I would go out just with my phone to take pictures in nature um, while I was at Andrews. Um, uh, and it was very interesting that I didn't notice some of those things, but it was in 2016 when I was at a church function, it was a silent auction. They had a Canon um, uh, Rebel T, um, T5i that that was on the table. And um, I, I I went for it, put my name down, and me and one of the elders were going back and forth on this camera. <laughs> and I finally won it. And from that point on, from 2016, I just honestly, um, I always took my camera with me. I was always out in nature taking pictures of the most random things and then it turns into hey you're really good at this like could you take pictures of my family can you take pictures of me doing this and that it's like yeah sure blah blah and i would do that um but i didn't give it a real go until i got here um in uh in edmonton i was like you know what i really love this mm -hmm. i'm gonna take this seriously as a hobby um and i just started messaging messaging people um on instagram that were aspiring models different things that nature um and i was like hey i have a camera you want some stuff for your portfolio would you be interested in shooting together and all of them said yes it's like okay cool so then that's how i kind of got started i've always had this knack for photography um videography came on a little later because um i uh, I, while I loved photography, I would say that videography stole my heart because mm. 
the storytelling that goes along with videography and filmmaking is like anything else I've uh, ever experienced and actually what I want to do more than photography now, but I still do both man. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That's yeah. good, man. It's so, it's so interesting. That seed was planted in you all the yeah. way back at 16. I know. You right? almost forgot it. It got revived when you were in yeah. school, right? Yeah, yeah. And then just seeing how the thread that God puts you know, like he just keeps pulling on that thing that he put in you. And mm -hmm. and then you're getting the affirmation from people as you're doing something. And that's what yeah. I always say on this podcast. Pay attention to what people are telling you you're good at. Yeah. Pay attention yeah. to what people are asking you to do for you for, for them. Mm -hmm. Pay attention mm -hmm. to what people are even offering to pay you to do for them. Because mm -hmm. that's that may be the thing that you need to monetize, right? If you're wondering, yeah. what do I monetize? Look at what people are giving you the feedback on. And then for you, Daniel, just talking about, you know, as I even hear you talk about videography and storytelling, there is always that development of our gift, even in the service, right? That's why this is called monetize your ministry, not just right. monetize anything. You, you, in serving, you see what you're good at. Mm -hmm. right? And I'm sure storytelling was something you were doing yeah. and the work you were doing. And now you're exactly. marrying both your loves together, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And and that's uh, that's essentially it. I think that is where the pastoral piece will never leave me because knowing how to tell a good story or captivate an audience but do it from behind the camera I find very Ooh, exhilarating. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> it's it's just it's a different type of process but it's still very uh similar because it's knowing your audience like when you're standing up front and uh standing up uh, uh um at the pulpit and you're talking to people it's different when you're a guest speaker versus yeah. when you're in your home church because you know what everybody's going through yes. right yeah. so you're able to speak to them in a way that you wouldn't be able to speak to a church uh somewhere else right right and being able to do this now um, on a on a different level, telling stories through video and knowing the people that tend to uh, consume my content, I create those videos for them. Right. That's good. Um, so they are my my That's my audience. That's my That's church. church. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Dave, I want to dig into this. You started it. You've been in business now full time for how long? Um, seven months now. Wow. Okay. Eight months. Man. Eight months. Yeah. You're a veteran, man. You, you, <laughs> yeah. Man. Right. <laughs> Listen, this is the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Daniel Madden, man. He's going to tell you. No, no, no. You, no you're, I think, listen, we're always all in the stage of a learner and a mm -hmm. doer at the same time. But mm -hmm. tell me now, because we're going to kind of go into the coaching part of it. What's mm -hmm. been or what is your present struggle that you're sort of facing in business seven months in full time? Yeah. Um, seven months in, I would say. The biggest thing that I'm probably struggling with is um, really honing in. Well, there's two things. It's really honing in on the area that I can be most effective mm -hmm. um, um, in terms of impact, but also in terms of uh, <laughs> people investing in the business. So income, I can take care of my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, so um, I, I would say that is probably one of the things that um, that I struggle with. Uh, the second thing I would say is recognizing opportunities around my business 
that can become passive income. Um, so I don't have to work as hard to, um, yeah, don't necessarily have to kill myself in order to make money, right? Gotcha, uh, gotcha. As well. So I think it was those two things that I'm identifying and I'm trying to work through some things right now. So, yeah. Right. So it's figuring out the area that you need to mm -hmm. focus on mm -hmm. um, that will increase your impact and your income. And mm -hmm. also, what are some air, some things that are like connected with what you're already doing? Adjacent, yeah. Right, that can produce some passive income. Now, those yeah, are two yeah. big ones. Those are two big ones. Which one you say would you say is the most critical? The most um, definitely the first you, one. The first one. Okay, definitely the first one. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that a little bit. And this, you talk about the area of focus. Mm -hmm. Give us, give me a little bit more um, specificity on that. Or are you meaning? geographical area do you mean in terms of what you're able to do or like give, give me a little bit more on that so i understand what you mean yeah um i would say um so there's many things that i have the ability to do um and i feel that if i chase all of those things i i will eventually you know spread myself out too thin okay. um but i'm starting to recognize like some patterns like okay well I'm actually really good at doing, for instance, headshots. They're not the most fun in terms of like, I mean, people come, boom, 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 okay, edit, mm -hmm. hand that over to them. Um, but at the same time, I, while it's not necessarily something like I'm super passionate about or whatnot, I know that's something that's consistent that comes in and I do like it as well, right? right, right. Um, so I'm trying to figure out at what point do I, or how do I market myself from the standpoint of, even though I know I can do family photos and uh, single portraits and different things that nature, should I just talk about the thing that is people ask me to do the most? Mm -hmm. um, am I cutting off other avenues if I don't say that I can do those other things as well? Um, so I, I would say that's, those are some of the things I'm thinking of. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it absolutely makes sense. And it's such a, listen, um, um, entrepreneurs seven months in, seven years in, 20 years in, have the same challenge. And that's mm -hmm. niching down, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we want to be general. We want to mm -hmm. not turn anyone away. We don't want to mm -hmm. miss money, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You don't want to leave say, money on the I'm, table. You're right. Like, I don't want to leave money on the table. That's, it. That's, that's the term. I don't want to leave money on the table. But yeah. I think, you're making a very good point. At some point, mm -hmm. you're going to have to be targeted, right? The goal is to be targeted mm -hmm. and not be afraid of, because I think we think I'm being exclusive. I'm excluding yeah. people. No, you're being yeah. targeted, and that's, that's yeah. a difference. When you're targeted, it allows you to be the, the best for someone, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about who I'm not for, but it's who, who am I the best for, and if mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and and you know and we'll 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 talk about this, but just to get the principle, if you're the best, people don't expect you to be the cheapest, mm -hmm. right? So, like, mm -hmm. let's think, right? Like if that. we think of chefs, right? If you think down. of if you if you think of a chef um, who is like a world class, the best chef, whatever, right? If you go to his restaurant, people don't expect the food to be cheap. They don't, but they go. I, this is an experience. There is a barber I follow online. I think I, I'm not. I don't remember his name, but this guy has 
a lot of followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've not been to his barber shop, but I mm-hmm. know he is not the cheapest barber. <laughs> For sure. But but he does a special kind of haircut, right? He does a spe- mm-hmm. so he's a specialist for this type of haircut. He's not general. Mm-hmm. Like he's not yeah. just I just do haircuts. He does this particular type of for women. So he mm-hmm. he does women's hair, black women, whatever. And so mm-hmm. because he is so specialized and he does this thing, mm-hmm. if I want this thing, I can go to someone who's general and they I'm one of whatever that's one of twenty things they do. But if right. I want this specialty, that's right. the person. And so I'm no, right, I'm, right, I'm not right, so right. I'm not so price isn't the only thing that people shop on. They they they, they shop on convenience, they mm-hmm. shop on um quality as well, right? So mm-hmm. like if I can do it fast, I'll pay more. But also mm-hmm. if you have a special quality to it, I'll pay mm-hmm. more. So the reason I brought all that up is um at some point you have to niche down. Now, right. Some people may niche down too quickly. Like they start off and they only do one thing. And so right. I think it's healthy for you in the beginning what you were doing to kind of just put different things. I'm a photographer, I, I do this, I, I'm a videographer. And so you get a chance to almost see two things, what your market responds to and also what resonates with you. Yeah. Right? Because because yeah. before you put it out there, sometimes you don't even know you know what? I don't like doing this. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now that you've had a chance to put some stuff out there, what are you getting in terms of feedback? Um, and we're talking, it sounds like we're talking main, mainly in the photography space so far, right? Yeah. So okay. well, that was one of the examples for sure. On the mm-hmm. videography side in particular, um, a lot of things that I've been doing have been centered around people telling their story behind their businesses. It's what okay. I call brand story videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and that's the same question, right? Where should I tell them that I do other things or should I kind of just say, hey, this is what I do. But I think you kind of answered my, my question in a way already is that because I'm starting as well, um, there is value in and it's okay to spread out and figure out what you like and figure right. out what right. people respond to in the market and different things of that nature. So no, that, right. that does, that does make um, a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I think is important, Daniel, even as I'm, um, I know for some people, they may say, no, go, go specific right away. And I'm saying, okay, it's okay to be, it's okay to, to allow yourself to see what is, um, what's resonating, what people are responding to, what they're paying for. But I think yeah. it's very important. Like this is key here to track, to, to have data, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's one thing to say, I feel people buy this. It's another to say in the last three months, the last quarter, mm-hmm. um, headshots, I had 40 clients mm-hmm. buy headshots. That's, that's mm-hmm. the one number, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had 80 calls for headshots. So that's mm-hmm. another number. Yeah. Um, 40, but also this is how much I was paid for headshots. So this, this is the question. Yeah. Okay. Right? So you want to, you want to, you want to know how many people were interested, how many yeah. people bought, how yeah. much money I made. And then lastly, what's the profit I made on that? Because right, right. if, if I sold, and, and again, these are just round numbers just for the sake of the illustration. If right, I sold right. headshots at a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. hundred dollars a headshot, but it mm-hmm. cost me. I had to go get backdrops and rent a spot. And by the end of it, it cost me ninety dollars. I only made ten dollars. Exactly. And then, and then for you now, you let's say it's nothing's costing you extra 
um, in terms of materials, but mm-hmm. look at time. So mm-hmm. I made a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It took me four hours, right? And count mm-hmm. all the hours. Count the hours for doing the thing and mm-hmm. then the post editing. Because I know mm-hmm. for your work, when yes. you're done, you don't just take out a roll <laughs> and just hand it to them and say, "Go over to Walmart." You got this, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I so wish. <laughs> I would say, I would say, make sure you're tracking your numbers. Make sure you're tracking yeah. your if it's money spent or tracking hours, so that at the, you can always build a dashboard to say, okay, I'm going to compare um, headshots to family portraits, mm-hmm. and I'm getting, I might have gotten five family portraits and made more profit on those than 40 headshots. It's just, I'm just making an right. example. But yeah, you yeah, said you had yeah. a question that went with that. Yeah, yeah. So um, that now this is this is something I was talking to somebody else about. So what do you deem more valuable, or maybe this is a both and scenario, but when you're looking at where you're having the most what impact or where um, it is most lucrative for your business, do you look at the amount, the, the, the quantity of work you're getting for example, headshots versus the 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 quality of dollars people are investing in a brand story video while it may not be um as frequent as it is um the headshots because technically um to be very um um open and mm-hmm. honest i have made more money in videography in a month versus doing headshots for almost two maybe three months Mm-hmm. So what do I do I deem as the mo- the best for my business or is this kind of like a both and scenario? That's a great question. I think I'm getting it. So would you say you get more inquiries to do headshots? 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. But in the same time you've made more money doing videography in this Correct. you said in this month. Okay. Yeah. So I think so I think both numbers are important for this mm-hmm. purpose, right? Mm-hmm. To, if you were to ask yourself this question, if I were to take the time that I'm spending on headshots mm-hmm. and give that to videography, what would mm-hmm. happen to my profits? What would happen, you think? Uh, see, you know, I've thought about this. I would probably be a better technician, a better videographer and filmmaker um, if I'm pouring into that side of things. But I don't know if that will convert to more people inquiring for my videography services because videography tends to be a higher price point, which means the, um, the time that somebody inquires of my services to when I close them tends to be a little bit longer because it's a more mm-hmm. significant investment um so yeah that i don't know if that answers your question it, but it that's does, it one does. Thing, yeah so you, you give me some of the constraints so headshots mm-hmm. i mean the the the, the time be, this the sale process maybe yeah, it, call yeah. book in the same yeah. week yeah so, sometimes same day like literally the last two days i had three or four people that was like okay that's your price cool they paid me within the hour and okay. booked the time right so okay. it tends to be a lot quicker um lower price point but definitely uh, a faster faster um in terms of people um onboarding people and even in editing as well it takes less time too 
Oh, okay. Now, yeah. question: the the if you were to compare time spent on both of them, <laughs> maybe that's a better gauge than I'm spending this amount of time on this. How much dollars am I making per hour on headshots? <laughs> How much dollars <laughs> am I making? Per That's, hour on like videography, that. right? Because because yeah. part of that figuring out the dollars per hour in videography is from initial meeting with you, follow up, making the pre the proposal, and of course there are ways we can make some of that go a little bit faster. We can talk about that how we can shorten yeah. our sales cycle. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. by the time I shoot and then I go edit, how much dollars am I making per hour on this? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that would be uh, that would be um, measuring them both equally right. in a way, looking yeah. at it like yeah. that versus um, apples and oranges. Yeah, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, ultimately, to your point, there has to be. We have to kind of yeah. You bring apples to apples, make it apples to apples, and money. Mm-hmm. Money mm-hmm. is definitely the thing you want to make mm-hmm. sure how profitable is this mm-hmm. they you know there's that whole 80 20 rule right yeah 80 yeah. percent of our results are produced by 20 percent of our efforts mm-hmm. so the goal for you daniel um, with your business the long-term goal is that you're going to make more money mm-hmm. in less time mm-hmm. the only way we do that is to make sure we know what's making me my money in the mm-hmm. most efficient way what's yeah. the activity and so if i'm tracking it right i'm we're not telling you pick something right away, but you're tracking everything. Maybe you mm-hmm. realize, maybe you do realize, hey, maybe I just need to lean into headshots mm-hmm. because it's making me the money faster. Mm-hmm. Even though I make more on this, but that might, I may spread that out over three months. And by the time I bring that down to dollars per hour, yeah, it's yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just yeah. figuring out how can I make the most. And then um, figuring out what are the who are the twenty percent? What's the twenty percent that's making giving me the eighty percent um, of of value and eighty percent of movement in my business? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I actually um, uh, did like a little worksheet uh, on that just uh, fairly recent uh, at, towards the the beginning of the year actually to figure out like what are some of the avenues that are actually. I'm bringing more leads, different yeah. things of nature and whatnot. And it was very interesting to see some of the things that kind of lined up. Surprisingly, social media has been up there for me. <laughs> good, good. It really has been, yeah. And that's a good point. Let's let's talk about leads. How are you getting your leads right now? Yeah, um, two, two ways. Social media is definitely one. Um, but, you know, social media can be finicky as well right mm-hmm. um but i'm actually a part of a referral uh a referral business um i wouldn't say club but chapter um, um called the business networking international BNI. yeah BNI, yeah um so yeah i've been with it for a little while now and it's been it's been good it's been good it's definitely brought some quality leads but probably the most important thing that has helped me move the needle is there are people in that 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 um that chapter um that have been in business longer than i've been alive mm-hmm. and i'm like oh yeah we're definitely i'm buying you coffee for sure <laughs> yeah, that's good that's and, good. and just kind of learning from people that um have been doing business well because they've been doing it successfully for over 30 years right yeah, um yeah. so 
I think that is definitely something that has been really good for me, but been getting some really good leads from there um, 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 as well. Uh, word of mouth is probably the number mm-hmm. one thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so between word of mouth, my the, uh, the business networking group, and um, social media, those are a lot of where I've gotten my leads from. And I haven't even I haven't even turned on the the Google ads just yet, which good. we're working on, <laughs> good, good, good. working on soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daniel, you're doing a good job in terms of you got to build that pipeline. And there's some things that you're doing that I want to just highlight. I think for you, what you're doing, social media is perfect because you get to show off what you do. Mm-hmm. Like right. if I'm a photographer, man, you need to be putting, you know, post pictures as many times as possible. As if possible. you're a videographer, post yeah. videos as many times as possible because yeah. what, every time you post i begin to imagine man if i mm-hmm. worked with this guy that's how you know that's how i would look you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he can make yeah. me i wanted empower poses right so <laughs> it's 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 made for you to show off this right. is these are the results you have and right. i think that's great um yeah. and you know just keep doing that i think yeah. um it's so I want to talk about BNI, the professional network, but I want to ask yeah. you, are you mainly looking to work with, for right now, let's, let's, let's say we're yeah. not niching down, we're not, narrow, we're not going to nail you down to this, but if yeah. you were to say, are you more looking to work with individuals or with organizations, like businesses for their headshots and their videography, or is it more persons, individuals? Who, who would you say? Commercial, for sure, yeah. Okay, commercial. Commercial. 100% commercial. Um, I do I do like the commercial space more so than anything else. Um, while I do do some personal things and whatnot, and, you know, uh, people definitely see that on my Instagram, different things of that nature, um, working for nonprofit organizations, working for um, for-profit organizations, um, whatever they are, um, anybody in the commercial space is definitely somebody that would want to work with. In particular, I have noticed a um a, a gap in in um the industry that I'm in in particular here in Edmonton, uh, which to me looks like blue water. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> um, um which is um trades and construction. Um there's not many people that are doing things um in the videography uh, side of things for trades and construction. And surprisingly, if anybody, doesn't matter where you are, if you search up trades and construction, particularly in North America, um, they ha- actually have a large following of people that just like to see people's house being redone that probably are not even in the market to get their their place redone or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The reality is there are a lot of really great trades that are putting out some amazing content. And there are those that may not necessarily be as creative, but they do see the power of social media and video and would like to tap into that, but just don't want to do it themselves. So there's like, there is this space that I've already started to tap into because I've worked with a drywall company so far. And I was like, Ooh, I like this. My gear gets dirty, but (laughs) I like this. (laughs) Um, So um, that is definitely a space that I'm trying to break into, but it doesn't matter where you are. Trades is incredibly hard to get into because it's like, 
uh, you just got to know somebody that will put you on to somebody like they're yeah. just not going to come and find you in right, particular. Right. right. So and that is yeah. definitely a space that I can see, uh, see um, optical opium productions really like launching into a lot more. And um, um, yeah, currently onboarding an electrician. So we're getting mm-hmm. we're getting somewhere just very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only been seven months. So. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you this. I, I, when first of all, that's excellent in terms of you finding here's a here's an area of a need, and this is this is all this is whole thing about this business is about finding a need, meeting a need, finding a problem, meeting the you know pr- yeah. providing a solution. And yeah. so I want to talk about the fact that you're doing commercial. What's mm-hmm. what's what's some here's some tips on there for anyone who's thinking about that. The cycle in terms of sometimes the the business decision making cycle may take a little bit longer. Just because mm-hmm. they are multiple decision makers and they have processes and systems for how they spend money, right? So let's just mm-hmm. understand. If you were selling to just individual, I want a headshot. I want you to um, video my whatever. It usually takes a little shorter. But because you're working mm-hmm. with companies, they take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can charge more because they mm-hmm. have a budget to Correct. pay for that. So just Correct. just know that. And I want to just tell you that too, Daniel. Like, don't. Don't always try to compete on being the lowest priced. We, we yeah. talked about this earlier. If, if you're the best, yeah. Yeah. this is the, if you become the tradesman, you know, yeah. this is the videographer or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. If this, yeah. he, he don't, then they don't expect you to be the cheapest. So, right. so understand right. for organization, you don't have to always say, oh, well, I'm going to come $500 below the last guy. No, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to have that comment. And mm-hmm. then third is you want to try to sell not just one thing. You want to almost build a relationship where I'm going to keep selling you something and I'm going to keep selling you something. And that's where maybe some of the other things you do mm-hmm. come into place, right? Because right. if I can sell one person something a hundred times, that's easier than me like having to find a hundred new people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like for, tra- for those tradespeople, try to even figure out how you can, and we've talked about this before, build out a package where, for the next six months, I'm going to be working with you. Or mm-hmm. over the next year, I'll do something now, and I'll come back, and I'll do something in a quarter. And we kind of almost work out a contract with them yeah. so that you're knowing that, all right, it took me so long to get you on this first time. Yeah. But once I get you on, we're not yeah, just yeah. by, yeah. and I'm going to yeah. spend all this time. So I don't know yeah. if you've done any of that stuff or if that's been through I, your I, thoughts already. I already, I already took your advice, man. I put together a little package, and I got a retainer package for them. And that's the, that's the, that's the uh, individual that I have them onboarding right now uh, is on to the retainer package. And it's interesting. Somebody found out about my retainer package, and they're like, "Hey, this doesn't just apply to trades, but this applies to like those." Um, senior society home they want to get on social media and start targeting the 40 to 50 year olds that have older parents that don't have anything to do at home and they need a videographer there's like we'll pay you what you're paying the tradespeople to come and do video for us i, I was it. like I oh i didn't even see this as an opportunity and now yeah. here goes another space that i wasn't even aware of yeah that's wonderful yeah. um we we have a few minutes um mm-hmm. I'm going to say one thing that I thought about, and then I'll give you a chance to ask one last question or something that yeah. you put on your mind. I mm-hmm. think you're in a good space working with that BNI chapter. I think the principle there is if you can find who are the people that this client that you're going to be working with, they are mm-hmm. using for other services in terms of 
marketing space? Like, what? Are, uh, who are other clients? If mm-hmm. now you can ask those clients, hey, I'm working with this person on, on videography. I know you're working with them on print and banners. How mm-hmm. can we collaborate to to serve them best? Yeah. Right yeah. now, yeah. you've built um, someone who is serving your client, and the collaboration of it is going to yeah. help you serve them better. But this person is also going to be serving other clients, like mm-hmm. the client. It, because it's one thing for me to recommend you um, a person, like another business, like to another plumber. But it's mm-hmm. one where if I'm already in the, in the in the market for marketing work and yeah. banners, yeah. if they're looking for a videographer and you become that trusted person for them, they can then recommend you to others who are looking for that. So I would say look find out now that you're finding some of these clients who are people who are also serving them in the marketing work so that that person can recommend you to other similar clients when you build that relationship with them yeah 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 no that 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 makes a lot of sense oh i'm yeah. i'm taking notes man i'm taking notes yeah. <laughs> all right Daniel, yeah. what's your what's your question anything else you got before we get off um um well maybe this is straying away from sure go ahead yeah, from from this a little bit, but in the earliness of your business, um, in helping people understand what their business model is, basically helping them like you've helped me uh, before. How did you manage having a young family mm-hmm. and also doing that while also building your business? And not burning yourself out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, just being almost like um, don't mean to seem sound sacrilegious, but almost like all like you know omnipresent. You have to be like everywhere yeah, all at yeah, the same time. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great question, and it's one that I wish I could. That sometimes ask people, what's something you could tell yourself five years ago? I, I think I would tell myself, and I'll tell you, mm-hmm. to make sure that you do put in there. Um, Put in sacred time that it's like this is my family time mm-hmm. and like this is my time for me to do something this is not even with my family this is something i'm interested in because mm-hmm. you're you're one person and you need things that will refuel you you need things that will rejuvenate you so you need to like carve out that time will it be mm-hmm. hard to say no to another business thing yes but people understand mm-hmm. if you say my schedule will not allow it mm-hmm. you need to be able to say that i think mm-hmm. also um Two things. I would say getting help and automating certain things yeah. is going to yeah, be yeah. vitally important. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we think, okay, getting help means I have to go hire someone full-time and pay them benefits. No. I learned from someone I had on my podcast to use virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you're doing, Daniel, that you could say, you know what? I'm booking people. I'm doing proposals. And these proposals are taking me long. And mm-hmm. that's not my sweet spot. And it's not the thing that people are really paying. They're paying me for photography. That's my zone of genius. So how can I get someone, maybe a virtual assistant somewhere around the world, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them what I need, and they do that for me. And I just free up my time. Because that's yeah. what I, you got into this for freedom, not Correct. To, to work. So Correct. Um, Correct. finding ways that you can outsource some stuff. And then finding mm-hmm. what I can, what can I automate? What are some things and tools that I can use to automate? But it just mm-hmm. some of this also takes like let me let me write down all the things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that what is that twenty percent that's giving me 
the most value. And then what's the 80% that at, at some points I'm starting to like pass them off to others so that I can gain my time back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question. It does. It does. Yeah. And I know we're, I know we have a few minutes left. Last question I'll ask is how often or do you schedule visioning times for your business? And what does that look Good like? Question. Good question. Good question. So my answer is I don't do it enough. But I would say for every business person, you need to have a cycle of um, 90 days. I would say 90. So you want to have something where before the beginning of a year or some period of time, you create Mm -hmm. some vision. This is what I want to accomplish in the next year. You push Mm -hmm. it out maybe three years, push it out maybe five years because you need some Mm -hmm. stuff to stretch you. And then every 90 days, I need to be revisiting that vision. Mm -hmm. Where am I? What are the things I need to do? in this quarter to get to what I'm, my vision is for that for that year. Yeah, yeah. And then even what are the things on a weekly basis that I'm putting together? So everything's a building block for the next thing. Yeah. This week for this month. This month for this quarter. The quarter mm-hmm. is really the big thing where you kind of create yeah. what are the, the main yeah. things. And then yeah. this quarter is building towards for this year. And this year mm-hmm. is building towards the next three years and that's building mm-hmm. towards the next five years. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. 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 No, appreciate that. I, I like that. I like that a lot, man. Well, appreciate yeah, you, the, this, man. We man. Can't this get is off. good. <laughs> yeah, man. I love this. I, you, I'm going to do this again. And if you're watching this and you're interested in um, a free coaching session similar to what we did with Daniel, I, this is what you're going to do. You go over to my Instagram. And actually, I'm going to put my Instagram up. I don't usually do this. I'm going to put my Instagram here. Go to my Instagram and send me a DM. Let me know you're interested. And uh, we'll have a conversation on that. Daniel, I don't want to get off here without letting people get a chance to follow you. Uh, my Instagram, for those who are listening, is at Kimon Hines, K-Y-M-O-N-E-H-I-N-D-S. Tell people how to follow you and support your business online. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram at optical.opium, um, at optical.opium. That's me on um, Instagram. Um, I can also be found on YouTube. Um it's just Daniel J. Madden. Um, that's where I share some of my longer form content that sometimes have to do with personal development, but more so mindset around how to navigate this whole creative business space. Um, and that has been um, fun for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well, Daniel J. Madden. So All right. Yeah. Awesome. Make sure y'all go check him out. I, I, I follow you on uh, YouTube, um, Instagram. And I love the content. And then yeah. go go to YouTube. Daniel, it's been a pleasure, my friend, being on with you for this conversation. Those of you who are here now, this is your opportunity. You have learned some stuff from Daniel's journey. Maybe you're sitting on something. I just want to encourage you. Take that thing that you're sitting on. Take that knowledge, that expertise, the things you've gained in ministry. And go take your ideas and bring them to life. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.